This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. How's it going, everybody? This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy, bringing you that Week 7 primer, getting you ready for Week 7 with your flex plays. We had some great questions this week, Kevin. Um, and, you know, we're kind of getting back into the groove with our bets. We're getting better, we're getting better each week. Uh, we're going to start with flex plays, though, where we're not getting better. We're, in fact, getting worse. Yeah, both, both of my picks kind of got burnt as soon as I said them. Will Shakur, 2.4 points. Um, after As soon as I released the podcast, Isaiah McKenzie um, does clear concussion protocol and kind of burns that one. Marvin Jones doesn't even make it to the week, uh, into the game this week. Um, if if you did have him as a flexible flex play, at least he was inactive before the game, um, which is, I guess, better than playing your two guys. Because um, you had well, Noah Brown with two points and Randall Cobb with 1.8. Woof. We struck out there. Yeah. Um... You know, what Philly is doing this year is really bad for fantasy because they're going out, they're building huge leads, and then they kind of just keep that lead the entire game. They don't blow anyone out. So, like, they don't blow anyone out and let people just pass all over them. They just kind of keep it at, like, 17 points and then just suffocate your ass. Uh, And that's what they did to the Cowboys. Um, So they just suffocated them the rest of the game. They tried to pass, wouldn't allow them to. Noah Brown doesn't have a good game. Michael Gallup doesn't have a good game. CeeDee Lamb has an okay game. So no, you know, you didn't really make hay starting any Cowboy player. So I don't feel too bad about that one. And then Randall Cobb gets injured. I can't I can't predict injuries, Kevin. No, no, you can't. So we'll give you a pass on that one. But uh, these guys will stay healthy through the week. We can predict that. Um, we are at week seven. This is my favorite point in the season to start switching over and looking at points against. So ESPN especially has a really nice feature. If you go to players, points against, it'll tell you not only how many points um, that position group is scoring against those defenses, but also how many points above expectation. Um, so my my two picks here, Tyler Boyd and Donovan Peoples-Jones, facing um, two bottom-of-the-barrel defenses um, this week, the Bengals are facing the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are giving up 8.8 points more than expectation um, against receivers. Uh, Tyler Boyd is available in 40% of leagues. He's a great pickup to plug in there right away. Atlanta's just kind of bleeding through the air. They're giving up 41 points uh, on average to receivers in a given week. Um, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones faces a dog shit secondary in uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are giving up eight and a half points more than expectation. Um, we've seen the Ravens kind of with a consistent theme until the last couple of weeks jump out to a big lead. And then uh, teams kind of play catch up and eventually beat them. Um, I, I, I would look for Baltimore to stack the box against the Browns. You know, they know what the Browns are going to want to do. Leave the top open for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, big targets in week one. Week one. Um, plus, he's always been kind of an over-the-top guy. You know, you could really hit a home run with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, yeah. Okay, picks. Sticking to the AFC North, I see. Um, 
What's your what you know, you kind of gave Donovan Peoples Jones rationalization. Tyler Boyd, just bad defense. That's all you're banking on there? Bad defense. Um bad defense and you know Atlanta's going to try to take away Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins. Um so maybe this is a Hayden Hurst game and not Tyler Boyd, but if if you're looking for a guy to get in there and get you 10 points, Tyler Boyd has always been, you know, a short yardage, but big reception total guy um, out of the slot. I, I like the opportunity to get, um, you know, six for 60 here and just get you through the week. All right. That's what we're looking for. Be able to get you through the week. And that's why I'm going to go to Nico Collins. Three out of the last four games that he's played, he's been over 9.7 fantasy points. Big play receiver, 6'4", big guy. Davis Mills likes to throw it deep to him. Uh, they faced the Raiders this week. Um, the, a, a game that I, I think has the feelings of a Raiders big victory, maybe. Um, or, you know, maybe the Texans find a way to keep it close by throwing some big plays to Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks and, and, you know, Damian Pierce throws in a good game as well. So I'm going to take Nico Collins having a good game against the Raiders. I don't think they have enough cornerbacks to cover everybody. Um, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to bet that they leave Nico Collins open for a few. Next guy, I got um, my next guy, Josh Reynolds, uh, faces Dallas this week. Trevon Diggs locked up on Amon Ross St. Brown. It's going to allow Josh Reynolds to kind of sneak through there. Um, he's been pretty huge, Kevin. Um, you know, last few games he's played 15, 21, 15, uh, over eight targets in all three of those. I think he's a great streamer this week, flex play. Um, you know, am I worried that those three games came without Amon Ross St. Brown? A little, but not too, not too worried. Yeah, I, I actually really like the Josh Reynolds pick. Um, Lions are coming off of a bye week. I, I think they're going to expect Amon Ross St. Brown to get eaten up a little bit by Trayvon Diggs and, you know, let Jared Goff kind of lead it elsewhere. Um, and, and Josh Reynolds has really fe- feasted late in games. So if Dak comes in and really boosts that Dallas offense um, and, and there's an early lead, Detroit could be playing catch up here and, you know, at 13 yards per catch just needs the four or five. And, you know, you're, you're feeling very, very good about playing Josh Reynolds. Thanks, Kevin. I, now I feel, I feel super great about those now. Uh, let's head into question time, Kevin. You want to ask me one of your questions first? Sure. Uh, so kind of a more NFL question and it'll turn into a fantasy question, but what team with fewer than two wins um, is most likely to make the playoffs. That would, be, that would be the Texans, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Texans because I feel like their division is the weakest. They don't have any, you know, AFC South has a very, really strong team. Colts and Titans are both two games up on them right now. But, you know, I don't feel confident in Davis Mills, but I do feel confident in knowing that the other three teams aren't that great. Um, and so if they can rack up some wins against those teams, um, you know, you look at the Panthers, the Bucks are in that division. So I, I, I don't love that. And if you're thinking about making the playoffs, especially in the NFC, you probably got to win your division. Um, just how strong the NFC East is. 
Um, and so you're kind of now you have to check back into the AFC. Um, and so out of those teams, you're, you're like, you gave me the Raiders and the Texans. Raiders, toughest division in football, you know, even though the Broncos kind of stink. Um, so, so I think I'm going Texans just because of the weak division. I think they have might have the best chance out of all four of those to win their division. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to go. Okay, so so on the Texans, Damian Pierce has been very very solid. Outside of him, um, mostly underwhelming. Any big turnarounds that you're expecting from a fantasy perspective, um, whether that be Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, one of the tight ends. Even Davis Mills, does he become fantasy playable? Where where are you at? Any any big turnarounds? Um I think my big turnaround is actually not gonna be on the Texans. I was gonna pick a different team for that. I'm gonna go down to the Panthers, Kevin, your team. I think DJ Moore turns it around. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield out. Uh, I think whichever quarterback is gonna be in is just gonna be a little smarter than Baker and throw it to your best receiver. Um, like so, so yeah, I'm in on, I'm in on D, DJ Moore kind of turning his season around, even on a losing team. Um, you know, as far as the Texans go, I, I do really like Brevin Jordan as just like a super athletic tight end, um, but not just not getting the workload. So I'm not going to bank on that. Um, but I, I do think DJ Moore turns it around, um, and has a little more success with PJ Walker slash Sam Darnold slash Matt Rule. <laughs> they throw Matt Rule out there. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, available now. Pick him up off waivers. Yeah. Um, all right. You know, speaking of quarterbacks, just mentioned a, a couple for the, the Panthers. These three guys were all drafted in your league, and they all have stunk out loud so far. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Who... Do you think rebounds and becomes a useful QB rest of the season? I, I think it's Rodgers here, um, kind of by process of elimination. Russell Wilson banged up shoulder, leg, all over the place, just kind of gross, looks slow. He's never been the fastest guy, but he's always been quick. Doesn't not look quick. Looks looks like me out there in the pocket trying to bustle, bustle around. Um, Stafford, offensive line is garbage. Um, he's running for his life back there. They can't get the running game going. Um, in order for Stafford to turn it around, Cooper Cup has to be just transcendent. And, you know, he's he's been exceptional, but he would have to be on new levels for, for this to really turn around. Or they'd have to throw the ball to Allen Robinson, which we saw this week. But As soon as you dropped him, Kevin. As soon as I dropped him in every league. Wonderful. Love it. Um, but I, I just don't, with that offensive line, I, I don't see Stafford turning around. Rodgers, you know he's good. Um, he, even as he's aging, you know that he's still good. He's been bad. Um, I think there's some intriguing pieces there. They're going to right the ship. They're going to contend for the North. I hate living in Packer country because, you know, I'm going to have to hear about it when they go on the four-game, five-game win streak. Rodgers is absolutely electric, throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns every week. I'm pretty confident that he will turn it around, um, whereas those other two guys, I, I think there are way, very, very large red flags planted right in front of them. 
Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree. I still want to be bullish on Stafford because I, I like there has to be a way for Sean McVay to figure this thing out. Um, but, you know, you've seen with that line, now they're down their left tackle. Um, it's not going to get any better unless they make a huge trade. Um, and you, you don't want to throw the Rams out of the ring. I don't know if they even have any first round picks left to do so. So I think they're kind of going to be a struggle bus. Um, you know, the touchdowns just aren't there for Stafford. He's the yardage has been there, um, but they can't finish off drives when it gets condensed, which definitely, definitely worries me. Um, I, I don't want to believe in Rogers, but you're right. I think just the situation is by far the best. Next question I have for you here. What are you writing down, either literally or metaphorically, um, to remind yourself for next year's draft? Well, what What's kind of landing there in the memory bank? And I need to remember this for next year. Yeah, um, I think mine is to take earlier shots at running backs that I'm not as confident in. Um, you know, I... This year, I went super wide receiver heavy um, in every league, and I I still think that's the strategy I want to go for, but maybe spend, you know, two of your first three picks on on wide receivers, and then maybe hammer that kind of gross running back area, because this year, you've seen Devin Singletary, Brees Hall, um, you know, Josh Ken Jacobs. Walker, Josh Jacobs have all kind of broken out of that little gross tier. Um, and if I would have taken some of those shots, you know, I was kind of big on Brees Hall. Um, so maybe if I would have taken that shot instead of drafting, you know, Chris Godwin, I would be sitting in a better spot than I am. Um, and then the second thing, I think it's going to be uh, if I have the opportunity select the quarterback um i had been a huge weight on quarterback guy right now you're seeing that was not a good strategy this year there's only like eight of them that you can really trust week in week out so you know i don't want to overdraft them but i i do if i'm finding myself where there's a spot a wraparound where i'm between two three players and one of them is the quarterback maybe take the quarterback this year how about yourself Kevin? I asked the question. I'm not going to give away my draft secrets like you, idiot. No. uh, I think um, one thing that I'm writing down for myself is to take a shot on the highest picked wide receiver. Yes, you will get burnt by Henry Ruggs. Or the highest picked rookie wide receiver. But you could land yourself Drake London, and you're probably not actually going to be overdrafting him. Um. No, Drake London hasn't blown it out of the water, but as we saw last year with Amon St. Brown and uh, you know a host of those rookie wide receivers, I think these guys are going to catch on late in the season. There's a bunch of them that I wish I had on my team, for at least for upside. And right now, my bench wide receivers just don't really have the upside that I thought that they were going to be. Um, yeah, if you and, if you drafted Drake London and Chris Olave this year, you probably weren't happy on draft day, but you're really happy now for sure. Absolutely. And the the other thing is, I'd even extrapolate that to, I wouldn't be afraid to pick wide receiver in the first round. Um, I have always been running back, running back. 
and you know a lot of I, I usually do pretty well pat myself on the back there um but i this is this league's moving to a you know, more and more past first every year feeding those wide receivers and not not spreading it around that much yes it's getting spread around but there's so much to go around that cooper cup hit justin jefferson hit you, know, you can jamar chase yes he's been low in stretches but then he comes out and gets two touchdowns in a game um I have always shied away from taking wide receivers early on, but especially in that first round, but I, I think they're starting to justify it. There's just not many misses at the top of that wide receiver um, wide receiver list. And if you look at the running backs, Jonathan Taylor, you're not too happy. Christian McCaffrey, you're okay, but he's not winning you your league. Um, similar story with Austin Eckler. There's red flags. Um, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Dalvin uh, Cook. Yeah, and you're right. Maybe looks back a little bit, but those wide receivers that you pick in the same range, you feel really good about the running backs. You're still kind of iffy. Yeah, I mean, you look at the first, you know, eight selected wide receivers. You mentioned Cup, Jefferson, Chase. Then you throw in Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, all hits, um, you know. Yeah, there's not many misses if you're drafting a team's wide receiver one right now. Um, so, you know, I like that a lot, Kevin. Yeah, uh, here's In the past where you struck out, you drafted Julio Jones and he missed a good chunk of the season. You drafted Michael Thomas and he missed a good chunk of the season. So as long as you can dodge injury, those guys are going to be safe. And you just want to make it out of the first two rounds, not losing your guys. Yeah. Uh, speaking of losing your guys, um, these are guys that have lost your confidence. Who are a couple of your never again players? These guys have burnt you too many times, never again. Um, I, I have a couple players in mind. What are you thinking for your never again? So even if they're there, they've dropped down the draft board and they're sitting right there. They're juicy right for the picking. No, not for Kevin. Never again. Not falling for that. Um. I love DeAndre Swift, and I'm going to love him next year. He's probably on the never again list. Um, injuries, Jamal Williams, ugh, gross. Allen Robinson, obviously, walking the season. But soak me in gasoline and burn me again, and he did it. <laughs> Those two are top of mind. Um, I want to hear yours, and maybe I'll sneak back in with another. Um, Yeah. Uh, one of my just – you know, you know, could potentially like him as as, as a player, um, but just never again for me. Um, you know, I'm sorry, Keenan Allen, you're you're out. Keenan Allen's out for me. Um, I, I just I want to love him so much, and he does have good stats, uh, but it just seems like he goes quiet. Uh, he's now I think this is the second year, kind of being injured, banged up for a few weeks stretches. Uh, he had been on a lot of my teams. Uh, I think he was on a couple of my teams last year. Um, but I love the talent, love the player, love the situation. I just I don't want to get burnt on it again. So I'm kind of out on Keenan Allen. Um, and another guy who's proven me way wrong the last two years, I just I can't find myself ever buying into Leonard Fournette. I, I think... The Jaguars years kind of just like, oh, he was never a pass catcher. 
Uh, he's just big plotting guy. Um, this off season, he was like 280 pounds. It just worried me a, a bunch. And now he's out there catching 10 passes a week, Kevin. Um, but still, next year, if I'm sitting there in the first round and Leonard Fournette rolls up, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, he. What if this is the year that that big plotting body goes down? But, um, yeah, he's kind of one for me where I just probably not for me, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I I've always, I, I mean, he was my sixth ranked running back going into the season. I love Leonard Fournette. I will gladly pick him. Um, but it's a ticking time bomb, to your point. Um, when he hits the wall, he's going to hit the wall hard, and, and you're going to be wishing that you had Rashad White. <laughs> um, last guy that I'm going to throw in there is George Kittle. And, you know, he's going to have 30-point weeks. He's going to have lots of 20-point weeks. But it's just not worth the stress and losing my hair over wondering if he's going to play in a given week. And, you know, is he going to be a left tackle this week? Is he going to actually catch the ball? Uh, no thanks on George Kittle for me. Yeah, he'll probably still be an elite tight end some seasons, but man, he's just always hurt. And it's not worth putting yourself through the tight end purgatory every single week to try to find who's going to fill in for Kittle if he doesn't play. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little overexposed of George Kittle right now, so I can't say too many bad things about him. I don't want this to get back to him. And um, Yeah, I, 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 you have to draft him super high, um, and for as high as you draft him, you shouldn't have to worry about him as much as you do. Um, so I, I do agree with that one. Uh, also, just like a, a very minimal guy, shout out Kenny Gainwell, not falling for that trap ever again. So <laughs> out on Kenny Gainwell. Um, all right. Good questions, Kevin. Great questions. Um, let's head to write that down where we're kind of riding the ship. Uh, we both got we will both at one and one this week. So if you took all four of our picks and just put single bets on them, you walked out. Just fine, Kevin. I don't know exactly what the money situation looks like there, um, but you walked out pretty good. Um, so you had Bengals minus one at the Saints. That was a win. You had Browns minus three versus the Patriots. Loss. I did Broncos Chargers under 40, 45 and a half. That was a dub. And I went Jaguars money line against the Colts. Looked good for a lot of that game. Alec Pierce at the end daggered me. Um, but... We live and learn, and Kevin, we're back again for four more picks. Yeah, I I was really shaky walking in last week. I did not like my bets. I was on the best bets YouTube, um, finding the greasy greasy guys that smoke two packs a day. And uh, Kevin was fading himself last week. I was week. fading myself, but I'm back this week. These are all my picks, and I love them. Uh, so temper your expectations a little bit, because I have not been very good when I go with my gut. Um, but I love these Saints plus one and a half at the Cardinals. Cardinals are a train wreck. We talked about that in the first episode. Um, everybody's hurt. Yes, they get Hopkins back. Um, but is he going to mesh really well with Kyler right off the bat? Eh, who knows? This line has shrunk from three and a half to one and a half um, since it opened. And I, I, I'm following the money here. I, I like the one and a half points for the Saints. They're a better team than the Cardinals, and I 
much as I hate Dennis Allen, I, I think they'll pull this one out. Jameis or Andy Dalton this week? Don't care. Oh, all right. Um, I'm going to take the Texans plus seven at the Raiders. Um, I just – there's some – there's given me, you know, a running game vibe right now. This is like Josh Jacobs versus Damian Pierce just running roughshod against each other. Maybe a few deep shots to Nico Collins and Devontae Adams. I think this game stays close. The Raiders have shown that they will let teams kind of stick around. There's a reason why they're one and four. Um, this this feels like a time where the Texans can kind of keep this game close with their running game. Davis Mills can make enough plays to maybe lose by three or six. That's what I'm hoping. I like that pick. I like that. The, I, and I'm going to tell you to wait around until Sunday morning. That line might bump to seven and a half. That's when you're going to pour in the money. That's where you're just going to bet the house on it. <laughs> Hundreds of units. Um, <clears throat> my pick here um, is a money line bet. So, you know, maybe don't throw it in your main parlay, but maybe throw it in a round robin parlay. Maybe uh, trickle a couple dollars out there on a long shot parlay. But I like Lions money line against the Cowboys. Lions currently at seven. Um, so that's giving you plus 260. Um, about 100 when 360 sounds pretty good to me. Um, Lions are coming off of bye week. Dan Campbell with the one game at a time philosophy put together a game plan to stop the Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott will be as effective as before. Uh, will there be some growing pains? You know, I, a lot of question marks on the Cowboys side. Uh, at plus 260, I can't pass this one up. Give me the Lions money line. All right. I, I, that worries me, Dak coming back. Um, but, you know, Kevin, teach your own. It's not It's not my money. You'll, you only have to be right one in 2.6 times, and you, get your, you break even. So There you go. Um, that might be one where you hedge on the Cowboys with the points. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how hedging works. Is is that how you hedge? Maybe. Um, you know, as I'm reading this, it just is gonna. It screams rat line to me. So the Chiefs minus three, 49ers. Um, like why are the Chiefs not favored by more? That's what's kind of scaring me right now. Um. It's like you're. It's like Vegas is like telling you to bet this, and that's when you never want to bet something. So I'm actually flip this pick, Kevin. I'm gonna flip it. I had Chiefs minus three, and and I was reading it. I scared myself. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Niners plus three against the Chiefs. Um, I, I don't know any prime or reason behind it. Otherwise, I. I you know, I was going into it thinking, love the Chiefs. Why are they so low? And as I was, I keep saying that to myself, Vegas, that's why. That's why it was so low. Vegas wants you to hammer time on Chiefs minus three. That's when you don't hammer time Chiefs mi- minus three. You you fade Vegas, 49ers plus three. I don't like that you're waffling, but I love that you switched over to the Niners. Um, Chiefs fans love to say that uh, Buffalo – Kansas City is Buffalo's Super Bowl, um, but it's a big game for the Chiefs too. Um, I I like uh, the for, the Chiefs kind of walking in a, a little um, busted down. I absolutely hate when teams 
it's it's so, it's such loser fan talk when it's like, oh, congratulations, Bills, you won your Super Bowl. Packers fans do it every time the Vikings beat beat the Packers. Every time, it's like, no, you know what, you know what the Bills Super Bowl is, going to the Super Bowl and winning. That would be their Super Bowl. Absolutely. You know what, the, you know what that was? A great win for their team against a team that they had not gotten over. That you know the Bills had not gotten over that Chiefs hump. They got over it. You know, Vikings kind of been little brother to the Packers. Every time they beat the Packers, it's it's a big game because it's a team that you have to beat to get to where you're going, you want to go. The Bills have to beat the Chiefs to get to where they want to go. So is it a big game? Yes. The Super Bowl talk is just loser, loser fan talk. Any person who says, congratulations, Bills, on your Super Bowl, you beat the Chiefs. <laughs> no, you know, they're excited because they beat a good team. You should feel good. You know, Absolutely. you Bills fans, you should be excited. You beat us. We're a good team. Yeah, I forgot that the Chiefs weren't trying to win that game also. Yeah, exactly. It's like you didn't let the Bills win. They beat you. Um, so I hate that. I just that's rant over, but don't ever let me catch any of you guys saying, Oh, congratulate congratulations, Vikings on your Super Bowl. You beat the Packers in week one. Shut up. We hammered your guys' asses at three game lead in the division. I'm going to end the second straight episode with a skull. Skull. (laughs) There you go.